six types of retargeting that can triple your business on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by SEM Rush. Started in 2008 with one mission to make online competition fair and transparent with equal opportunities for all. To find out how SEM Rush can help you compete with the big boys, go to servenomaster.com backslash SEM Rush today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author, Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. Have you ever noticed that when you're on Facebook or when you're searching around and playing around on other social media websites, you start to see ads from Amazon for products you thought about buying yesterday? This happens to me all the time. Whenever I'm researching something and I'm looking at a couple of competitors' books or something, I suddenly start to see ads from Amazon that somehow know what I was doing. They're intelligent ads. And how can websites become so smart? How can something I do on Amazon affects what I see on Facebook? Are they working together? Are they partners? What's happening, what's causing this experience is called retargeting. You know how websites say, oh, when you visit our website, we use cookies so that you don't have to receive the same images and all that. Part of cooking now is to drop a little piece of code on someone's computer every time they visit one of your pages. It's a way of tracking what your customers are doing and finding out which pages they visit, which pages they don't. We often use tools like Google Analytics to see what are people doing and not doing. So retargeting cookies a little beyond that. Instead of just following someone's behavior, retargeting cookie will follow people based on their computer. So when they come back and do different things, the cookie continues to follow their behavior and it's very powerful. Now there are three benefits to dabbling with retargeting and learning how this system works. The first is that you can get cheaper ads. When you buy an ad on Facebook, in my first experiment on Facebook, I was paying 20 cent, 22 cents per click, approximately. So for every person I got to visit my website, I had to pay Facebook 22 cents. When you do a retargeting campaign, because someone's already visited you, you'll often be able to get the same ad to the same person for two cents or less. You pay about 10 cents or 10% of the price. So the same ad to the same person, simply because you've marked them in some way with a retargeting cookie using one of the different types of retargeting, you can very powerfully follow them, show them an ad that they already might be interested in and pay a lot less. The second benefit is they're more targeted. Again, you're paying less for ads because you're only showing them to people who've already visited your website. So now only people who've visited you and haven't purchased stuff or they've taken certain actions and you can follow them in different ways, they see only ads from you, but they already know who you are. People often talk about brand awareness or how you have to see 17 ads before you uh, make a purchasing decision or 17 encounters with a product. This is how you can create brand awareness with an individual. So let's say Tony visits Serve No Master. He checks out one of my courses. He takes a look at Words to Profit Mastery. He goes, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm going to think about it. Then he's on Facebook later that day and there's an ad for Words to Profit Mastery. He goes, wow, what's happening? It's following me everywhere. And he starts to see different ads. And then maybe even sees an ad that says, hey, Tony, why don't you check out Words to Profit Mastery for, for a dollar trial? Try it for a week for a dollar. If you like it, you pay the other 96. And this advertising is intelligent because he's already thought about it. And the ads can become more and more intelligent over time and you can do really cool things, but this is how we follow someone and show them stuff that's relevant. So you know how sometimes you're watching television and all the commercials are like the worst because they're things you'd never buy? How many Taco Bell commercials do you want to see when you're a vegan? But imagine if you're watching television and suddenly all the commercials were vegan commercials. 
suddenly the commercials wouldn't be as annoying. You'd also be more engaged. You'd be more likely to take action based on those commercials. So it creates a better user experience and a better experience for the person with running the ad because now they're showing their stuff to people that are actually interested in it. The third value is, of course, the result of these other two is better conversions. People are more likely to buy something when it's something they're interested in. So instead of just showing your ad to everyone who's in the age demographic, if you show it to just people who are really interested in you or who know who you are or have, you've chosen for a more specific reason, you're far more likely to get the buy. If someone's already visited the sales page once and thought about it and they see the ad a couple more times, you offer them a discount, you can do other things, well, then they really will make that purchasing decision. And that's really cool. They're more likely to buy it because they've already been thinking about it. And you just remind them. Sometimes I think about buying it and I go, I'll think about it and then I forget what it was and I can't find it the next day. I can't find the link. So this kind of overcomes all those barriers. So those are the main benefits of retargeting. Retargeting is obviously awesome. Everyone's doing it who wants to make really big money. It's a great way to accelerate your income. But what are the different types of retargeting? And this is where people don't really know everything. Now, when retargeting first came out, one of the things I was interested in were some advanced techniques, and they didn't exist when retargeting was started growing three or four years ago, but they exist now. And that's why I'm really excited. Now, the first type of retargeting is navigational. So every page on your website has the retargeting cookie. You just put it on every page. And you can then target people who just looked at one sales page but never looked at the checkout page. And you can show them just a couple of ads saying, hey, here's the product, here's the product, here's the product. But you can also show ads to people who saw the checkout page but didn't buy the upsells because they didn't go to the upsell thank you page. And you can re-show them or re-offer them that upsell that they didn't buy. Say, hey, you went through the course. Do you want to go through the video course now? Have you thought about going to that video upsell to really accelerate stuff? This allows you to be more specific in your targeting. So people that only visit your copywriting, my copywriting blog posts will see an ad for copywriting course as opposed to people who only visit blog posts about traveling. Well, they're not interested in copywriting, they're interested in traveling. So you can begin to be more specific. You can begin to target people who look at certain stuff and not other pages. So you can target people who bought or who didn't buy separately. This allows you to do more intelligent advertising. The last thing I want to do is try to sell someone a product they already bought. It's so annoying when it happens and it kind of it comes across as really unprofessional even though it's just a glitch in your coding. I don't want to send someone an email trying to sell something they already bought. I don't want to send someone an uh, ad same way for something they already bought because they're not going to buy it. No one's going to buy it twice. It's a waste of your advertising or your message. It's hurting your messaging bandwidth. The second way you can retarget people is simply with customer data. If you're in a physical business or if you're selling uh, face-to-face, business-to-business, or if you're selling stuff in that way where you take a full order. Whenever someone orders from you, you get their name and email, email address and all their contact information or you sell offline. People come into your store, they buy something in person or they buy from a catalog. They buy over the phone. You have their contact information, but their, web, their, computer, their computers never touched your website. Well, now you can take all that customer data and load it into a retargeting program and it will start sending ads to those specific people. It can find them through those pieces of information. This is a more advanced piece of retargeting. And yes, it can seem a little bit 1984. But again, you're only allowed to retarget people that you have their information. So you can only retarget people that are already your customers or already have done business or already visit your website. And using customer data is a new thing that's very valuable for businesses that don't sell directly from their website. So it opens up retargeting to a whole new sector of businesses that would like to bring their customers to their website or like to offer their customers extra thing. The third way... And this is something really new. This, when I first heard about retargeting, this was what I asked. I said, can I send someone an email? And if they open it, I can then target them based on if they open it or not, or if they click the link or not. It used to be no, but now it's yes. So my request became reality. So imagine this. 
Someone visits your website. They go to your product. They go to the check. They click, yeah, I want to buy it. They go to the checkout page. Now, about 90% of people from the checkout page change their mind. People often click the checkout page button to see the price because most websites hide the price or they hide the shipping. They want to see what do I really get? What are the bonuses? What's the real pricing? What's the shipping? All of that information. And oftentimes you can't see that till you're on the checkout page. So they see that information and they go, nope. And they click X and they close your website. This is called a shopping cart abandon. As a fancy name for it. This where they, it's like if you're in the grocery store, you're in Target and you have a shopping cart full of stuff. You walk up to the register and, and they show you the price and you go, nope. And you walk out. Now people do do that. You're actually allowed to do that. You don't have to buy it. If you're, you can just walk out. You, don't, you haven't made an obligation to buy. You haven't signed some type of social contract. You can leave anytime you want to before you give them the money. Now it's annoying and the chalk checkers will hate you, but you can do it. And it's called abandoning your shopping cart. So a lot of systems, including mine, will send someone email automatically says, hey, we noticed you didn't complete your checkout. Could you tell us why? Or maybe you just forgot or here's the link. And the, there's different ways of doing it, but it's called a shopping cart abandoned email. It's kind of a way to try and recapture the sale. And they're pretty effective because sometimes a web page will time out or we'll get distracted. We actually did mean to buy it. This happens to me sometimes too. I'm like, oh yeah, I meant to buy that. I forgot to place the order. So the shopping cart abandoned email is like a reminder email. And sometimes you offer an extra bonuses to try and close the sale. There's different approaches to it. But when you send an email, you can now include a retargeting ticket. A retargeting cookie, not ticket. And the cookie that follows them is on their computer now will mark them as a shopping cart abandoned. And so they'll start to see ads for that product that are more specific, that specifically target a shopping cart abandoned. That's even more targeted than a person who saw the sales page. Now you have someone who almost bought, who thought about it. And if you know anything about shopping cart science, the two, I mean, the main reason people abandon the shopping cart is price. It's like 90% of the time. But the main reason beyond that is usually shipping. So anytime a product has a shipping charge, that can lose the sale. So you can start to show someone ads that for two or three days offer to help them close their sale or mine and they didn't finish their order. And then on the third day, you can have an ad that says free shipping and you're only showing it to shopping cart abandoned. So instead of offering a free shipping to tons of people, you're just showing it to some people because a partial sale is better than no sale, right? It's better to make $15 in profit than, than nothing. So you don't make your normal margin, but at least you make the sale. This is the power of a shopping cart abandoned retargeting cookie. It takes the shopping cart abandoned email to the next level and allows you to send ads as well. Another type of retargeting that's now available is search retargeting, where you can retarget people that search for specific keywords on Google or Facebook. In this case, this is where the search engine is or the provider is providing the retargeting data. So it's not someone who visited your website. And that's what's valuable about this is you get to retarget people that you never would have before, that you know they're interested in your type of thing because of their search behavior, but they haven't found you yet. It's a new way to get access to a really cool sector. In this case, you're now getting to retarget people that are new so you can find new customers. So this is really cool. And you can set up retargeting sequences. And once you get them to visit your website, then they become navigational retargets. So people can end up going through and becoming different types of retargeting for you as they encounter you in different ways. Now, search engine retargeting, it's a little more advanced. You got to be really switched on to be sure you target the right searches and demographics and stuff, but it become really powerful when you start doing it later on to grow your marketing. Then there's contextual retargeting. And that's a fancy name for saying, I'll trade my list for your list. It's where two companies swap and they all do this. This is something that I don't do. Most smaller companies don't do it. Most direct marketers don't do it because we know how much people hate it. But have you ever donated money to anyone and seen what happens? If you donate money to Amnesty International, you send them 20 bucks because you believe in something they're doing that year, one of their campaigns, you will then get 
at least 20 to 30 letters in the mail from similar charities. And when I say similar, they're not going to be all other political charities, but they'll all be charities that are that end of the spectrum. So each charity, you know, it's somewhere between the left and right, I guess, the political spectrum. And depending upon where they think you are, you'll start to get other messages that are similar from other charities. You know, I guess Amnesty International, I didn't know this, is considered a left charity. So you start to get a lot of stuff about animal rights or other things similar to that. I can't remember all of them, but I donated money to Amnesty International when I was in high school. I sent in 20 bucks and they sent me tons and I started getting tons of stuff for other charities that I really didn't have any interest in. And what that is, is that all charities sell their lists to each other. I'm not a big fan of it. I don't think it's really cool, but it's how they make money. And maybe they don't sell them to each other. Maybe they just all swap. But either way, this is how you end up on tons of junk mail lists. This is why if you order one thing from a catalog, you'll get 100 catalogs. They all do it. So everyone thinks it's direct response marketers that do junk mail, but it's really large companies that do it. They all sell them to each other. They all sell your data all the time. And this is the same thing, but just for retargeting. So you can find someone who's similar to you. Say, hey, you've got 100 visitors a day. I've got 100 visitors a day. Let's swap our uh, retargeting. You retarget my people. I'll retarget yours for a month. And what's cool about this is it benefits you both. And again, you're benefiting your audience because you're just sending ads to people that are already interested in something like you. So this is a way to grow your audience and you can double your retargeting size. If you do a swap every month, you know, you swap with someone month. Say you have 3,000 people on your retargeting list. You have 3,000 people cookied, okay? You swap with someone at the end of the month who has 3,000 as well. So you're each getting 100 visitors a day. At the end of the next month, you now have a retargeting list of 6,000 people because you've merged those two lists and you can approach someone and say, hey, I've got 6,000. Will you swap your 6,000 with me? And they swap and now you've got 12,000. And so doing these swaps each month, you can actually, without doing anything, without any other traffic growth, just swap your way up. It's like one of those uh, stories you hear about someone who starts on Craigslist with a paperclip and keeps trading until they own a house. It's the same thing. Each time you trade, you grow. And so you take your new growth and you trade with someone else. And that's a way to get really, really big. And of course, you have to decide about your ethics. Do you, do you really feel good about giving someone's customer data to 12 people? But here's the thing. You're not giving them personal data. You're not giving them the ability to email anyone. And they're going to see ads no matter what. The only thing you're controlling is which ads they see. If someone has an ad blocker, all the ads won't be seen. I try to use ad blockers. And of course, I block most ads, but I can't block all of them. So some ads do slip through and that's what's happening. So you're not showing them any more ads than they'd see otherwise. You're not affecting the customer's life negatively. You're simply ensuring that the ads that they see are more targeted when they do see ads. So they're more likely to be interesting. And I don't want to go far to say as you're benefiting the, the person, but at least the vegan only sees vegan commercials. And at least the person who eats meat doesn't see the vegan commercials. So at least you're giving them a slightly better ad experience or a slightly more targeted ad experience. You're not making their life worse. And that's important. I don't want to make anyone's life worse. The final type of retargeting, this is something new, it's called intent. And this is something kind of new. And it's a sector that only a few companies are, are dabbling with. And this is where you use a really fancy computer to predict what people want to do. And the program will say, this is a person who's going to be doing this this year. For example, you can target women of a certain age. I forget the exact number. Maybe it's 26 or 28 with the age where most women get married in America, the average marrying age. And you could target all women that are that age and with your wedding ad. And you'll hit a large percentage. You'll, know, you'll do better than targeting any other age because that's the age where the large percentage of women get married. And I don't remember what year it is, but it's something like 26, 28 or 20. Who knows? It's in the 20s, last time I looked. And that's really rough intent targeting. That's a rough example because, of course, you'd also target the huge number of women who already are, have gotten married and who will get married later or who don't want to get married. But you'll capture the large percentage if you're just targeting by age. And predictive algorithms get more and more specific. So 
they'll do intent things like looking at people's education, their age, their income, and they'll be more specific. So maybe people who graduate high school but not college get married most often at 24, but people who graduate college get more, more often at 26. So now when you're targeting, you can target college graduates at 26 and high school graduates at 24. Your targeting is getting a little more specific using this data. And of course, what they do is way, way, way more advanced. But that's the way intent targeting works. And that's a little beyond what I do. That's like super, you know, starting to get closer to Skynet, in my opinion. But that's the way intent retargeting works. Now, as a little bonus, I want to kind of explain how you can go beyond basic retargeting and be more profitable. What you can do after someone sees a couple of your offers and doesn't decide to buy, you go, I guess I'm not a right fit. What you can then show them are retargeting offers. You can show them ads for competing products through your affiliate link. So you show someone your yoga video three or four times and they don't buy it. They don't want it. You can then show them a diet book by someone else with your affiliate link. So it doesn't even look like it's your ad. This is a way you can send ads or send messages to your audience without diluting the value of your brand. See, if I sent you affiliate emails all the time for products that I like, by competitors or by other internet marketing gurus, by other people that teach you know how to travel or skip the nine to five. Sometimes you would buy and sometimes you wouldn't. But each time I would do that, it would dilute my message because you would find that other person and maybe you would say, oh, this person's way more interesting than Jonathan. And I would lose you. And maybe at first I just lose a little bit of your attention. Maybe you go, oh, this person's cool too. And I now get 50% of your attention. I'm 50% your favorite person. Someone else is 50% your favorite person. I've now lost half the value of our relationship. And what can happen is that person can either launch something really good that gets your attention and you forget about me, or they can launch something really bad that hurts my credibility with you. So because I've recommended them via email, I've now attached my reputation to theirs and they have the ability to damage my reputation. And of course, if they do something amazing, it doesn't help my reputation. It just means you leave me behind. You go, wow, Jonathan was right. This person is way better than him. But with retargeting, I can show you ads for competitors without the risk of it hurting my brand. Or that you can advertise stuff that you don't want people to think you stand for. Now, I don't actually do this, okay? This is something I don't actually do, but I could. Or what I could do, and this is something I might do. Maybe I would show retargeting ads for Grammarly. I'm a fan of Grammarly. It's a product I like. It makes sense to show ads for it. And I don't want to show, you know, I don't want to constantly email you about Grammarly. It's just a tool I use. So it's a way to keep it on people's mind. That would be a type of retargeting that I would do. Or if I would show you ads for Thrive Themes to kind of show you the different cool features of Thrive Themes. That's something I do promote anyway. So these are two things I actually promote, but you can do it like a mailing list. So you can actually show people a series of ads after they visit your website that change. They see your stuff for seven days, then they start to see different stuff in a sequence. It becomes similar to an autoresponder sequence. And that's very powerful because now you can affiliate sell stuff and you can capture more sales, even if you don't have a lot of products or even if people don't want to buy from you. For example, I could show you one of my blueprints. I could say, oh, this person wants to buy my blog blueprint. Show you blog blueprint ads for three or four days. Nothing. It's not working. The problem could be you don't want to buy directly from my website because you don't trust it. That's fine. There are people that don't trust shopping carts, and I totally get that. There are people that will not buy online outside of Amazon. Totally fine. I don't have any problem with how people approach buying online. I don't like to buy stuff over the phone, even though it's probably more secure than the internet. So then I start to show ads for stuff I sell directly through Amazon. I show my books on Amazon. I go, oh, I like this guy, and now I can buy from Amazon where I feel safe. I feel safe inside of Amazon's security apparatus, and that's absolutely fine. So now by offering different formats or different ways, I can capture that sale. Or maybe I'll show someone an ebook, ebook, ebook. They don't want it. Here's the audiobook version, and that, that works on them as well. These are the types of things you can do with retargeting that are kind of sophisticated, and it's something that you'll do down the line, not when you're first starting, but it is a way to accelerate and grow your business. 
and it can be very, very powerful. And these are the six very powerful types of retargeting that you can use to double and even triple your business. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Serve No Master podcast. Head over to servenomaster.com backslash podcasts right now to find out how you can win a free copy of my brand new book.